Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a price. Welcome to the greatest order! Huzzah! And welcome to an all-new episode of The Unearthed Show, Talking Terror. As always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, coming to you from the realm of Talking Evermore. Where tonight we're going to be talking about the Bad Monkey the Mighty Film Pick of the Week from 2013, Nights of Bad Aston, by Joe Lynch. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host first, the bold and the beautiful, the Gokey Keith, who's bold at three points per session. Is that mine foul ass that I smell? Or is it... Probably. Thou foul <laughs> movie stench. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Talking Terror. Welcome, mortal. Welcome, indeed. <laughs> May a fortune be found upon you this night as we broadcast this episode of Fortunes. And as you hear in the background, the Mad Monkey, the Mighty, with his thrust as justice, his might and lust. Welcome, Monkey. <laughs> Hey there, front fans, this is the Mad Monkey, broadcasting to you live from the Drunken Monkey Rehabilitation Clinic, where we, the Talking Terror crew, the four horsemen of horror, bring you the best damn horror podcast there is in all the land. So make sure you listen live, make sure you listen on Spotify, make sure you listen on iTunes, we don't really fucking care, just make sure you fucking listen. What's up, motherfuckers? Woo! (laughs) (laughs) Woo! Of course, last but not least, it is a true act of the gods to waste such a perfect backside and nobody else but the demonic gene himself. Huzzah, dude. Um, yeah. I'm here. <laughs> Monkey, that was a very subdued uh, intro from you based on some of your fiery rhetoric from the last several weeks. But uh, yeah. here we are for another episode of Talking Terror. Um, yes. And, and, and yeah, another another episode uh, buckle in, uh, strap in, and uh, and get ready for this one. Strap in with your strap-ons because we're going to be 100% professional 100% of the time because that's what we fucking do on Talking Terror, motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah. The Dean, as always, with a plus five to personality. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Thank you. Hello. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Good evening. Good evening, Ghoul. See you. <laughs> Hello. Welcome all. Welcome, welcome. Uh, so, before we get to the demonic dean for horror news, do any of you guys have anything you want to talk about before we get into what we have to discuss tonight? Yes! Just because this past weekend, you know, for three of the four of us, it was a very, very big weekend. It was like one of the biggest weekends of the year. It's because we had fucking WrestleMania, baby! <laughs> Indeed, we did. Two nights. Too big for two nights. Too big for one night. Had to be two. What a show it was with the live crowd back. What a show indeed. Yeah. Even with the rain, it's still great. 
Yeah, it was it, like you know. I know we talked about it. I know we te- you know texted each other back and forth during the stuff. But yeah, it's just what a sight it was just to be able to see the WWE universe back in the stands. It was just you know, the, despite what you got to say about the COVID situation and you know people wearing masks, not wearing masks, and all that kind of stuff. It was just great to have that energy back in the arena. I mean, listen, you know, I uh, I I know out of all of us. You know, as it stands, the king is the one that probably follows things the most closely because he watches all the shows. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, Monkey, I know you kind of fall into second with that because you do SmackDown with the king on a regular basis. And then I think at this point, you know, in my life, I'd probably say I'm the lightest as far as how it goes following the actual shows, because I only really watch the pay-per-views. Um, I mean, I follow suit with news through Twitter and other, you know, social media to know what's going on at all times. But, you know, I don't watch Raw on a regular basis. I don't watch SmackDown on a regular basis. Um, so, like, I, I know, you know, through the pay-per-views and through the shows, they've been doing the Thunderdome thing, you know, where they've got all the monitors, all the screens set up everywhere, and the WWE Universe is watching. But you know what, man? No. There is nothing like that live crowd being there, that energy that goes back and forth when a match is happening and the reactions of people, you know, witnessing what's going down in front of them, whether it's a mess up or whether it's, you know, a fucking amazing maneuver that just happened or just something humorous. Uh, I thought, you know, the two nights, it was much better than it was for last year's Mania. Uh, I like the fact that they were all straight up matches as opposed to anything that was pre-taped and, and you know, edited like The Undertaker with uh, AJ Styles' oh, match. Yeah. You know, that, that whole movie-like sequence, which, I mean, don't get me wrong, as, as, as fun as it kind of was, it's just not what I expect when I watch a WWE event like that. Um, you know, the, the surprising thing for me, though, I think out of the entire Mania is that, for me, the best match out of the entire thing was that main event on the second night. I think they, uh, you know, surprisingly, because I really was braced that that was going to be the worst thing, I really expected everything just to bottom out for that and be like, yep, great, I watched this tonight. Um, but I came away like, you know what? They they actually brought it. Well, yeah, I agree, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, it's just, I just wanted to tap into just us getting the return of The Fiend, um, us getting a twist, twist on Bliss, and, you know, who just the weirdness that was going on once again with Tom Savini involved, like he said on the Talking Terror Facebook page. That's right. Yeah, you also saw that the bleeding crown that she wore. So you also saw that, and the new fiend mask, which uh, disappointing match overall, but cool to see the fiend back. Cool to see the new Alexa Bliss as Little Miss Fiendish, as we're going to find out soon enough after her unveiling. Uh, for me, the best match of the entire two nights was uh, Sasha Banks versus uh, Bianca Belair to close out night one. They put on a showcase that was incredible between the two of them, and I think the person that won should have won, which is Bianca Belair. You know, the EST of the WWE, you know, being the new women's champion, that was that was my favorite. Not to give away Roman Reigns versus Edge versus uh, Daniel Bryan. Um, it's just it ended the way I thought it was going to end with Roman Reigns once again retaining. I just I didn't see an outcome where Bryan or Edge won. So it was okay. It was a good match. But, no, I don't think you can top that, that finale of night one. See, for me with the, yeah. the Bianca Belair-Sasha Banks match, I kind of felt like, what that match gave for me finally showed me that Bianca Belair is ready to 
be in the big show. She's definitely, you know, somebody mm-hmm. to watch uh, coming up in the WWE. I can see where there are going steps, to be huh? great things. What's up? She's taking big steps, huh? Big steps, <laughs> huge steps. You know, um, she, she she's a big girl. <laughs> I can see where she's going. To, where she has the potential to do great things in the WWE. Um, but the match, I'll be honest with you, I can still see the the the, the rough edges in her work. Mm-hmm. Um, she's yeah. still a work in progress, you know. And again, Sasha being the way she is being the professional that she is, being that she's done this as long, she's worked with so many people of various sizes and talent levels and everything. I feel like she really carried that match. And as much as Bianca showcased her abilities, I just feel like with what we saw there, Sasha winning would have made more sense because I feel like Bianca's almost ready, but not quite. So, I mean, but she's, she won. She's got she, the title. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll she, see what yeah, she does. I, agree I hope you, that man. she polishes at this point. Yeah, I, I agree How with about you. Mark? You know, in my, in, my, in my opinion, she's still a little green. You know, she, she, and then, like, you brought up a really good point of then when you're comparing it to Sasha, where it's just, you know, her in-ring skills are just so polished, so perfect. You know, those, you know, flaws and rough edges, like, just show even more. You know, and it's just, again, I, I agree with you, man. I, you know, I think you should have gone to Banks, and I think we should have given her just a little bit more time. But at the same time, you know, obviously the crowd's behind her, you know. So, you know, let's give the kid a push and see what she can do. Well, I almost – Sorry, go ahead, King. Yeah. I was going to say that Banks has been the champion enough time. You know, she's a rubber band champ. She wins it, she loses it, she wins it, she loses it. It's time for new blood to take over. Is Belair a little bit green? Absolutely. But I think having that belt, having that strap on her for a little while, she can hone her skills. And I think she could be in contention to be a great champ. If they give it to her for one. Somebody said strap on. I always call the belt. It's, it's, it's funny, but, like, you know, when that match was over, one of the things, like, the, one of the first things that, like, I, I ended up, like, in my head comparing it to um, was actually the Brock Lesnar-Kurt Angle match where Brock first won the WWE title. Because, again, you know, here's Brock Lesnar. He's this gigantic beast of a guy. You knew seeing this guy in ring, future superstar. There's just no way around it. The guy is too big, too dynamic. He's got too cool of a move set. Um, you know, so, so there was just no way he was not walking out with that title. But when you watch that match, it was so rough. Brock was still so green, even to the point where, you know, when he goes to do that finisher, uh, when he does the shooting star press and lands on his fucking head to where Kurt Angle kind of has to drag his arm over his chest so that Brock can get the win against him, you know, it was like, wow, okay, you know what? This is one of those cases where, yeah, this guy is getting it. He obviously, you know, deserves it, but is he quite ready for it? And I think, you know, unfortunately with Brock Lesnar, we saw at that time that he kind of wasn't, you know, it wasn't too long after that that he decided that, hey, I need to leave. And I mean, look, if, if, blah, 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 blah. if Brock Lesnar been around for so long, like, Hasn't the window already closed for him to go to that next level and become a superstar? 
Oh, he's been, no, he no, he's been, been champion know? for a long time, man. He was a champ for like fucking two years, bro. Like, and this All right, well, you're yeah, talking I'm about talking... him like he's, you just said he's well, not ready. No, 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 no the match I'm talking that. about was back in like 2003, 2002, something like that. It was, you're talking almost 20 years ago. Yeah. Uh, well, you just said it's, this match showed that he wasn't ready. No, I was comparing his match with Kurt Angle at Mania, <laughs> where he first won the title with the Sasha Banks-Bianca Belair match that just occurred this past weekend. Try to keep up. So Sasha, so <laughs> Sasha, Banks, Sasha Banks is not ready to take the next step. No, Sasha uh, Banks uh, has been the legit boss <laughs> for quite some time. She's the Kurt Angle in the situation, whereas Bianca Belair is the Brock Lesnar in the situation. <laughs> so wait, but Kurt Angle, I thought, is a superstar. Kurt Angle is a superstar. No. Who's not ready to take the next step? You're not ready to take the next step, Dean. You're not ready. You're not made. Well, we're not talking about me. Okay. Are you sure? I think we pretty much covered. I think we pretty much covered Mania. So let's let's move on. Because now things just started to get like frogs in milk. So it all goes down the hill. We're talking about strap-ons. <laughs> Speaking of strap-ons, okay, if the ghoul can sit there and talk about his reality shows, I'm going to talk about mine real quick. So just make sure that you get out there. If oh, you've been I have a new Ru- one. RuPa- Wait, if you've been watching <laughs> RuPaul's Drag Race, okay, make sure you get out there and vote for who you think should win out of the top three that's in there. You have two, you have two weeks to vote for your winner. So just make sure you get out there and, yep, exactly, and get your votes out there. Okay. Uh, okay. I, 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 I have started delving through, you know, one of the other <laughs> of my various streaming services. I started digging into the Paramount Plus network a little bit here. And uh, being that they have, I guess, some kind of deal with MTV, you know, I've discovered this show called Are You the One? Um, okay, so basically in this show, show this, well, in this show, yeah, that would be great. That would be fun all on its own, man. But that was like Maury Povich's thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, essentially, they take ten, 10 young men and 10 young women. And I guess there's some kind of matchmaking, scientific fucking bleep, bleep, bloop, bloops that they do. And each one of these individuals has a perfect match with one another. So the idea of the show, the premise is, is if all 10 couples, all 20 of these people, if they can match up into the 10 perfect couples over the course of the 10 episodes, they will split a million dollars between them all. So $50,000 a piece, but only if they can get that to that 10 perfect couple. So of course... Being that, you know, you want to sit there and be like, yeah, matchmaking, this and that, this and that. Well, the only way they do this is through talking, hanging out, drinking a ridiculous amount of alcohol, which, of course, of course. totally doesn't, <laughs> doesn't lead to drama or complications or anything, you know. And it's not like people stick never, their penises in people happened. that they're not supposed to. Oh, let's just say the that's stats. never happened in our lives, school. Never. Absolutely <laughs> not. I, no. No way, man. That's insanity. Uh, it, it gets full of drama, full of chaos full of fun. Dean, it's one that you might even be willing to check out because it's only 10 episodes long. Um, it's a real nice quick hit at like 40 minute episodes. And again, like the debauchery that occurs. And, you know, at one point, the 11 year old in the house, she walked into the, into the living room 
She watched a couple minutes of it, and she just looked at us. And, and the only things that she could say, she's like, wow. She's like, all these people are just trash, huh? And just proceeded to walk out. And that is, you know, right out of the mouth of a fifth grade 11-year-old just by watching a few minutes of this. Um, but it is fun. It is fun to watch the drama and, and, and the fun unfold. And they're running around in fucking bikinis because they're on Hawaii and Puerto Rico. Is, so we're in the second season now. So, but, uh, but yes, that, that's, my, that's my new fun, my new fun fest. So besides Temptation <laughs> Island, which is running live at the moment. So, I mean, you know. Look, I, 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 gonna... I don't, I don't have the, the Paramount Plus, so I don't have the access to watch this, but I did have a productive week of viewership with, uh, you know, like I said, I had finished the first season of, uh, in the last two weeks, I had finished the whole first season of The Boys. Uh, I watched, mm-hmm. uh, Sweet. I, I had previously seen the first, but I have watched the five bonus episodes of The Walking Dead. Uh, between uh, last episode and this episode. Uh, so I'm all caught up 100% on The Walking Dead. Plus, I'm all caught up on the Mighty Ducks Game, Ch- game Changers. So I, I have seen, I have had a productive week of viewership. And, um, and, 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 I, and I watched uh, tonight's film. So uh, I've been on a, on a roll with things that I've seen. And I, I'm, I'm, I, maybe I will watch uh, this show that you're talking about, but uh, probably not. <laughs> well, I'm happy for doing that. And then I have managed to watch all six episodes of John Wayne Gacy's Devil in Disguise on Peacock. So even I watch something new, even though it's really not new for me, but I know about that. It was a fun six-part episode. Really. But, yeah, but life's about yeah, leaving Peacock your comfort zones, King. You have to leave your comfort zones. <laughs> I do killers in true crime, okay? That's what I go to sleep to. You know I go to sleep to that one one call. That's a right. weird shit. <laughs> yeah, I do. But you know what? I'm okay with it. We really have to get to sleep at night. You know? I mean, I happen to enjoy that. You know? It's like 911. Blam, blam, blam. Oh, my God. I'm like, no, oh, I'm going to have a night's sleep. <laughs> and he sleeps like a baby. <laughs> I do. Yeah. I have a dream. I wake up feeling refreshed. <laughs> it's great. Highly recommend it. I don't have any problem. <laughs> okay. So, all right. So, Dean, what, what is on the docket tonight for horror and nerd news? Well, we're going to start with the docket uh, right off the bat and talk about uh, the Army of the Dead trailer because I know that our very own uh, King of Horror uh, is very much looking forward to this. And I know oh, that you are in it, so I, I, I wanted to present an opportunity uh, to, to discuss the Army of the Dead trailer, the second Army of the Dead trailer, um, which I found to be uh, much more entertaining than the first Army of the Dead trailer. So, mm. Fun. Hey, guys, that's a good discussion. I'm going to step out because I didn't watch either of them because I don't care about that kind of Army of the Dead. So have fun you know, talking about it. I'll be back when you guys are done. <laughs> oh, we know you watched it. <laughs> nope. Don't even know about it. All I know is that there's a snow or something that I put on talking therapy. Other than that, don't know. Don't care. Fuck but that. you're a wrestling fan. Hey. Wasn't Batista a wrestler? Yeah, but Azina's fine. Like, Azina speaks. Did he just start? Like, is this, who is this yeah. Batista? Who is this talking about? You know, is he just starting out? Is he green? I don't know. That's because he's got Batista. He doesn't even want to watch it. Still got Zack Snyder's shitty name all over it. 
But okay, that being but, said, but, but though, as soon minute, as I <laughs> he has made the greatest superhero movie of all time. How could you say it's got a shitty name all over it? You love the four hours. <laughs> Haven't seen it. I've had to sit through those movies, and I find them insulting. Man of Steel, Batman vs Superman, Justice League, fuck all of them. He doesn't know how to make a superhero movie. And he just just go back to making three hundred movies, movies where you don't really need to think. So, Army of the Dead might be perfect, be the way to go. Let's do another zombie movie. He just ruined all the superhero movies. Well, I mean, he did make the Superior Dawn of the Dead movie, so I mean, you do make a point. As you guys, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I saw this trailer. I was super fucking stoked to like, you know, just me. If you just put Batista in anything, I'll fucking watch it. And it's just watching the trailer. It just, it was just looking like a trailer for just a fucking badass video game. It it just looks like so much fun. It really does. Yeah, I feel that it gives like a, you know, a semblance of of the plot. And I know uh, the king had expressed some of this his thoughts in our in our chat. Uh, but it seems to me that it's one of these situations kind of like uh, kind of like an escape from New York kind of situation where, like, in that movie, New York had been turned in, like, had been walled off and, uh, you know, turned into a prison. And it seems that in this world of Army of the Dead, that Vegas is walled off and just filled with the undead. But it seems that maybe, you know, in some different capacities, life has just gone on as normal uh, in the outside world. And uh, which leads to our plot of, uh, this team of it looks like once uh, mercenary like type team coming back together for you know the 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 ultimate one final score uh, to retrieve uh, I guess casino money that's deep in the vaults uh, underneath Vegas. So um, I also found the trailer uh, to be entertaining. I thought that uh, it was a, a good usage uh, to introduce us to this world the way they kind of intercut. Uh, you know, with a like a kind of remixed sort of version of Kenny Rogers' song, The Gambler, uh, Kenny Rogers, rest in peace, who passed away in 2020. And um, yeah, like I, like it feels like this looks like it's going to be, uh, you know, what Snyder has said from the beginning was just like a balls to the wall action zombie film. And I think the trailer kind of gives a taste of that. And I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to it. What about you, Ghoul? Listen, I, uh, you know, I, I, I've gone on record multiple times here. My, you know, I still stick to the fact that my favorite zombie movie is still Night of the Living Dead, the OG black and white film. Um, but I've also, you know, in multiple times we've had the argument on the show that I feel like Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead is the superior of those two films. I have been looking forward to this movie. Um, I think that, you know, with what he made with that first film, he was able to kind of capture an interesting balance between fascinating characters while also giving us, you know, I don't know if I don't know if I would call them zombies or you know similar something similar to even you know it was almost like they took zombies and combined them with what you got in 28 days later which was whatever like virus shit with fucking angry people um but you know I I enjoyed that that style I enjoyed the fact that it kind of added the, this extra layer of danger um, I know from what we're seeing in this trailer he's going to play with stuff that George Romero played with which was intelligent zombies um, animals being able to contract it as you know by seeing this zombie tiger 
that is going to be present. Siegfried and, and Roy it was white. It was a white tiger. It was a Siegfried and Roy tiger. Well, you know, again, <laughs> another person that we lost in 2020, you know, RIP. Um, but, uh, you know, similar to you, Monkey, I enjoy Batista in films. Um, you know, obviously he's great as Drax. You know, I, I, he's a small part of uh, Blade Runner 2049, but that yeah. part that he is in is is quite, you know, interesting because it kind of shows a bit of range on his part um, mm-hmm. before he becomes, you know, this I-need-to-fight guy for, for his survival at that point. Um, you know, I, I, I've watched the one, at least the one kickboxer movie with him in it as, as Tang Po that I so much... Oh, oh yeah. it, but Oh, the I, remake. You know... Yeah, whatever it was, retaliation, or whatever the fuck they called it. I don't know. It was a weird one, man. I don't see why they did it the way they did it, but whatever, man. You know, listen, the, the guy's big. He's jacked. He can be funny. He can be serious. He's fucking Dave Batista, you know, and I know eventually they dropped the Dave name, you know. I know it was Deacon Batista and Dave Batista. Eventually he was just Batista, um, but... He's entertaining, and I think the movie looks fun. It looks like it's going to be a blast, and yeah, I'm hoping it is. And don't worry, you know, I know the king don't want to watch trailers. He don't want to watch the movie, but you know, it just means that one of us is going to pick it to cover. So we'll be we'll be talking about this movie soon enough, right here on. But but yeah, but yeah. Now, in closing, it's like like one thing I did want to add. Oh yeah. When, when when doing when doing some press and because we've we've talked all along how this is this is film is going to be exclusive exclusive uh, to Netflix. Uh, it was revealed uh, just yesterday, I think, that uh, this film is actually going to have a one week run in the theaters uh, from May 14th, uh, just for a week, and then it will have its Netflix debut on May 21st. So uh, you know there will be an offer. I don't know if this is a wide or a limited uh, screen release. Uh, but there was going to be a very, very tiny theatrical window uh, before the Netflix debut of May 21st. So this will be the first time a Netflix movie is, like, debuting in a movie theater then, too. Yeah, a million dollars. Very interesting. Now, I wonder if that is a good date movie. You know, I mean, it's a horror film. I know uh, the Ghoul Girl's been feeling better. That, that very well may be what we... Uh, what we might we might go to. We were going to do the Kong, the Godzilla vs Kong, but that didn't happen. So, uh, you know what? I can say that all I want. The reality is, I'll probably just fucking wait till I can watch it on Netflix on my my giant TV. So, <laughs> so good. There you have it. Now, uh, at the top of this discussion, uh, the ghoul told us how the Night of the Living Dead is his original. The Night of the Living Dead original film is his favorite zombie film. Uh, something that might be of interest to you, and also to to the monkey, and also to the King of Horror, because uh, we know how how high uh, in regard the King of Horror holds, um, you know, the creator of Night of the Living Dead and his films. But Showtime uh, has a series coming up, uh, ten episodes, an anthology series that is called Cinema Toast. Cinema Toast is going to be a postmodernist reinvention of old movies uh, that turns pre-existing images from public domain films on its head to tell new, unique stories. 
Uh, each episode is going to be built around public domain, uh, and some of these episodes are going to feature, uh, well, one of them is going to feature uh, Night of the Living Dead, another one, uh, The Beast from the Haunted Cave. Uh, now, um, director Marta Cunningham, uh, this episode uh, is going to be using Night of the, Le- Night of the Living Dead, original footage, uh, recontextualized, uh, you know, to tell a story uh, that is based on several things that have taken place in the last year of the United States. And the film uh, for Cinema Toast that uh, Martha Cunningham has created using footage of Night of the Living Dead is going to be called Attack of the Karens. So King of Horror, I would love to hear your opinion on that. What, about the Cinema Toast? I mean, it, it, parodies of Night of the Living Dead have been done before. Uh, not the first time. There was Night of the Living Toast done a couple of years ago. There was Night of the Living Pants done in the 90s. So, I mean, it's not like it's the first uh, parody that's ever been done. It's interesting. I'm willing to, to see how they do it. I mean, I, you know, Karen's is probably a great topic for a zombie-esque parody. Uh, so I'm looking forward to it. I think it could be a lot of fun, you know, and, and I know that the, the guys that are still alive behind Night of the Living Dead are aware of it, and you know, it seemed to be fairly interesting in it, too, uh, because unfortunately it is still in public domain. But, you know, as long as people have fun with it and pay respect to the original material, I'm all for it. There you have yeah. it. Wise words from the King of Horror. Uh, Monkey Ghoul, any, any thoughts on Cinema Toast? So are they just taking the material and they're just re-editing it and making a new film out of the existing film? I yeah. believe so. I don't know if they're going to be using. Uh, I don't know if they're going to be using multiple public domain films inside of one. I don't know if they're going to be blending it with any new footage or other footage that's out in the world. Um, I, 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 the information that I provided is the information that I have at this time. Uh, so I, I felt that I wanted to share it with you all because of its Night of the Living Dead content. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's basically just taking the original material from 68 and then incorporating new footage into it to, to morph it into something modern or postmodern, as the Duplass brothers call it. But it just it can't be any worse than that 30th anniversary cut that came out uh, years ago where John Russo actually came back and filmed new footage of the film in between different scenes. And it just it looks horrible. It's silly. They add a weird backstory to a priest that doesn't belong in there. It doesn't look right, but... Uh, that was the last time they kind of tampered with it officially, but yeah, if you ever get to watch that, it, it, it takes away from the original material so much. I don't even know why they thought it was going to be a good idea, but Cinema Toast is going to be apparent, mm-hmm. so unfortunately. Okay. okay. <laughs> so we're going to have to wait until April 20th for this to come out so we can actually see what, what the hell it is. Not that long of a wait. <laughs> so, yeah. Indeed. Yes. There you go. Uh, in just a couple of short days, on April 16th, this Friday, uh, on Shudder will be the live debut of Season 3 of The Last Drive-In with Joe Bob Briggs. Uh, now, uh, Season 1 and 2 of this show on Shudder both had uh, nine episodes. It's unknown how many episodes are going to be featured in Season 3. Uh, It's going to be a live stream on the 16th, and then it will be available on demand on the 18th on Sunday 
while they have not yet announced the two titles that are going to be viewed on this first episode coming up on Friday, it has been announced uh, that special guest participants uh, joining Joe Bob Briggs is none other than Eli Roth, uh, who will be sitting in for the episode. So uh, for the fans of The Last Drive-In uh, with Joe Bob Briggs, your, your long wait is finally over. Uh, season three uh, on Friday, April 16th. With the bro of horror. <laughs> Monkey loves Eli Roth. He's going to watch that episode. Oh, hell yeah. I, yeah, I'm all about Eli Roth. Fucking douche. <laughs> <laughs> he always tells me I'm Eli Roth. I'm like, all right, Monkey, take it easy. I love the guy. He's <laughs> going a little bit. Love Eli Roth and his new bro antics. Yes, yeah, all the time. <laughs> oh man, yeah, yeah. Oh, what's his name? Mondo? No, fucking Bango. What the fuck was his name in Cabin Fever again? Doctor. Doctor Shango. The dog was Doctor. <laughs> that was his what German Shepherd. Doctor 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 Mambo. Doctor Mongo. Yeah. Mongo. And he was sure. <laughs> Mongo. Because he's a doctor of your faith. Ooh, faith. Yeah, that was the only one I I like Eli Roth, so I mean, I'll, I'll bust some jobs on it, man. I think he's a, a weird dude <laughs> who has some. He's had some fun moments in horror. I would like to see him have more fun with things, but it's, uh, you know. I don't know. He takes weird breaks. You should watch Knock Knock. I think you actually like that one, uh, Ghoul. He did it a couple years ago uh, with Keanu Reeves. Uh, if you could find it, I'm sure you can. It's called Knock Knock. I think you'd have a lot of fun with that movie, especially if you like Eli Who's Rock. there? No, no, not who's there. You'll no. <laughs> get it when you see it. But I love it. I, will have I don't want to give take a look. Away. Don't give anything. I don't want to give anything. No, I hate spoilers. I know. So just check it out. Let me know when you do because I, I think you'll like that. But anyway, all right, moving on, Dean. What do you got? Uh, we've talked about uh, Neil Marshall a few times recently because of the uh, increase in chatter surrounding the possibility of a sequel to Dog Soldiers, uh, you know, one of my favorite werewolf films that I'm very much uh, interested to see if a, a sequel ever gets off the ground. I'm also interested to take a look at Dog Soldiers again. It's been quite some time. But anyway, um, his new movie, uh, The Reckoning, uh, you know, which, which, you know, last time I brought up Dog Soldiers too, it was uh, just some news that he had given about it when he was talking about his upcoming return uh, to the, to the genre of horror. Uh, but it, it's going to, it's going to hit Shudder. Uh, it's going to be on Shudder and it's going to be on Shudder on May 13th. Uh, so if you're interested in uh, Neil Marshall's new upcoming horror film on May 13th, you will have the opportunity uh, to watch this film on Shudder in, in in one day less than a month, uh, you know, right around the bend. So there you have yeah. it. Maybe it's going to be a good Neil month. Marshall. Yes. Um, the boys over at uh, Mystery Science Theater uh, have once again uh, – turned their sights on their loyal fans uh, with another uh, Kickstarter campaign. It seems back Ooh. in November of 2015, uh, Joel Hodson, 
started a Kickstarter because he wanted to get Mystery Science Theater going again after a 15-year hiatus. And, uh, you know, they raised enough money uh, in that 2015 campaign uh, to make new episodes, which ultimately led to a two-season deal on Netflix uh, where they were able to make 20 new episodes, uh, but ultimately uh, the show was not renewed. So uh, Mystery Science Theater's kind of been in the dark. Now, uh, with this new bold idea uh, with their Kickstarter campaign, uh, Hodgson is hoping to raise enough money to create, like, I guess their own in-house uh, Mystery Science Theater uh, universe. Uh, the plan is to, uh, the goal is to raise five and a half million dollars, uh, but he says uh, with the first two million dollars uh, that they raise, they will be able to, one, A, uh, make three new episodes, plus they will be able to build what they're calling uh, their, their, their... By the light of love? Oh. <laughs> no, um, but that's funny that you said that because I have another reference later on in our, in our film uh, discussion. Uh, some kind of... Fuck, I can't even read my... Uh, sorry, I can't read my chicken scratch. But he wants to build a virtual... Like a virtual screening room. Um, the virtual online theater uh, to host live screenings, premieres, community events... Um, uh, and, you know, that the hosts of Mystery Science Theater can take part in, and it would also be uh, an available platform for uh, there, to, there to be virtual watch parties uh, that friends can participate in together whenever they want to. So, um, that, Isn't that called Facebook? Well, I suppose, but I, I, I guess that this would be like a, a, a one-stop shopping for all things uh, mystery science theater. I think that is what the purpose of this world um, that that they're looking to create uh, with it. So uh, another another Kickstarter campaign. Um, and you know, I you, I am one who who never uh, was a, a big fan of of the mystery science theater thing, uh, but I know that it has a a rabid fan base and you know, a, a rabid and loyal fan base. And it's, it's, it's a surprise to me, you know, maybe their fan base just isn't as big as maybe I think it is, but it's a surprise to me uh, that this is what needs to be, like, resorted to, to to have more Mystery Science Theater. I would think that they're, with all of the different streaming services and companies that are trying to get as many properties as they can and so on and so forth, that you know, if not Netflix, there must be another streaming service that would be interested in getting in, in the mystery science theater uh, business. And but then again, maybe um, you know, maybe it's not as as popular as I think it is. So, um, so there you have it, though, in the world of mystery science theater. I mean, I think part of the the problem with the whole mystery science theater thing, as far as uh, like you know, it's it's overall popularity and whatnot. It's 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 difficult in which they have to get the rights to the movies that they're covering, and it's hit or miss. Their funny episodes are fucking gut-bustingly funny. Mm-hmm. But their episodes that are just subpar are sometimes near unwatchable, and it's bad enough that yeah. it's, you know, obviously a somewhat bad movie, but when the comedy that's going along with said bad movie is also not that great. 
you just don't want to watch it anymore. And I think, unfortunately, that's what ended up happening with the Netflix series. I think it petered out. I never even ended up finishing the uh, the whole season with that. Um, yeah, it was hard. You know, and I think. And I think that was kind of part of the thing, too, you know, is that they were trying to make it like an actual, like a full season. And I don't know, Mystery Science Theater always worked best for me when it was like, oh, okay, you know, either I, I'd smoked or I'd had something to drink and it's one o'clock in the morning and oh, shit, Mystery Science Theater's on, you know, and look, it's random fucking episode. And oh, I love when this, like, it's Shane, you know, it's a oh, great episode. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's a weird one. And I don't know if, uh, I don't know. I don't know if, if today's young people are that into it. Like we were, especially being that there's so many podcasts out there and so many, like, you know, one of the, one of the podcasts me and the King listen to, they do a thing where they record a live track of them watching a movie. And then you can watch a film, mystery science theater style with them you know, as long as you time the track, similar to how, like, you could do Wizard of Oz and Dark Side of the Moon, you know? And they do that, like, once a month as a, like, a, a bonus podcast for, like, their, their donors and shit like that. Um, you know, and I know other podcasts out there do that as well. So it's not like the, the Mystery Science Theater thing is, is limited to just those guys anymore. Yeah, it's true. Right. Yeah, yeah, agreed. <laughs> Interesting analysis from the ghoul. Thank you. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Just watch one of these. Watch a good one of these. That's what I do. <laughs> I just watch. <laughs> you know, I watched, like the ghoul said, watch your favorite ones. I mean, I have my favorites. The Undead, I was just watching last night. Still cracking up. Still, you know, side sweating humor. But, yeah, you know, one of those things is there's so many options out there nowadays for funny audio commentaries to movies. And I go back to Theater, but we'll see what they do. You know, they have the fan base. I know there's a huge fan base for MST3K, so we'll see where they land with that. But, all right, Dean, what's next? What is next? Uh, Ghostbusters, uh, which is, you know, getting close uh, and closer and closer to, to seeing the light of day, uh, has teamed up with Hasbro. And uh, the merchandising wing uh, is... I'm sure going to be rapidly picking up steam between now and November. But uh, for now, uh, there is going to be a bunch of what they're calling uh, mini puffed figures, which are miniature state puffed marshmallow men. Uh, they're going to be collectible toys that are small, 1.5 inches with uh, different. Each one will feature a different mischievous personality. And you will be able to find uh, a state puff figure uh, inside uh, cans of state puff marshmallow fluff because essentially there's going to be a state puff fluff and the figures will be inside the fluff so um, puff, puff give you know yes <laughs> puff, uh, puff, so puff pass, the, motherfucker. <laughs> there was a a ghostbusters afterlife teaser trailer uh recently uh where paul rudd encountered some uh you know mini puffs uh on the supermarket shelves that were you know animated and and doing mischievous things. So uh, I'm sure that there's going to be a ton of marketing attached to this film. Uh, you know, the big mega promotion, it's not time for that train to start yet, but when it gets closer, um, I'm imagining that there's going to be all kinds of product stuff uh, related to it. Cause I, I, I really think that they're going to be pushing this one hard. 
um, well, maybe, you know, I know things yeah, are, you know, people are heading back to the movie theater in some capacity, but I think that the, the fingers crossed hope is that like maybe by November it'll be closer to capacity. So we'll see what happens. But uh, for now, uh, you know, collectible mini pups are out there or will be out there in the near future for you to acquire uh, if that is your thing. Monkey, you were about to say something. <laughs> yeah, along with the puffs, I think King found something too on the Talking Terror page relating to merchandising for the Ghostbusters shit. Yeah, they are coming back with the Ghostbusters cereal, which brings it right back to being a kid, watching real Ghostbusters on TV on Saturday mornings. With the little mini marshmallows and the little ghosts, you know, uh, you know, posted out cereal. So that is going to be hitting the shelves this month. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to be looking forward to hitting the Walmart hopefully find some boxes for that. They also have yeah. Hasbro from Ghostbusters Afterlife for sale now, 50 bucks. So they are they are starting slowly to roll out the, the Ghostbusters Afterlife uh, merchandise. Like I'm sure they're going to release figures and ghosts. Like Muncher is supposed to be like the new Slimer for Ghostbusters mm-hmm. Afterlife. Again, it's going to be a Muncher figure um, along with Mini Puff, which was total on Muncher. Yeah, it's just called Muncher. Oh, (laughs) sorry. Yeah, because I know along with all of this stuff, Walmart has also gone and re-released figures from the real Ghostbusters cartoon from back in the day. So they've got them back in the retro packaging. They've got the original figures along with the the bonus ghosts that would come with them and stuff like that. So you know. Like like the <clears throat> Dean said, stuff is starting to pick up with the merchandise. Mm-hmm. I just yeah, you guys yeah. can't wait till the Ecto Cooler comes back. Fuck no, can't man! Wait. It's, 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 it's like, bring it now! <laughs> we can buy just, cases of it, just like we did last time. <laughs> so many cases of Ecto Cooler that we had. <laughs> it was a great time to be alive. <laughs> that moved was special. We had Ecto for a short period of time. And it was just sucking down box after box of that, you know. It was like a kid again, and figures on my night, on my stand in my living room, like the, uh, the monkey nose, and my Ecto One and my Ghostbusters book. I a little Ghostbusters set up in the corner. So yeah, and then I get a box of that cereal and get some more Ecto One. You know, it'll build and build until I have no more room for my Ghostbusters collection. <laughs> like it already has. The whole side of the living room dedicated to Ghostbusters. Awesome. <laughs> okay, so what else do you got, Dean? Uh, also coming up in the very near future, uh, actually one month away on May 14th, we will finally uh, have the opportunity to see uh, Chris Rock's entry into the Saw universe where Spiral from the Book of Saw uh, is released. Um, but it seems that uh, Lionsgate... Uh, is expecting a big hit because uh, it has been announced that Lionsgate together with Twisted Pictures already has a 10th Saw film in active development. Um, there's no other details. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's stated that it is a project that could potentially be scrapped if the spiral film turns out to be a clunker, uh, but they're already in active development uh, on, a, on a 10th film. Uh, you know, with the, I guess, with the idea, again, that uh, Chris Rock's Spiral is going to be a hit. Um, also kind of related to that, uh, on May 11th, 
uh, if this is your thing, there's going to be a new uh, 4K unrated Blu-ray of the original Saw film, uh, and it's going to include many special features, including the original uh, Saw uh, short film, uh, which led to the creation of the the, the full feature. So, um, you know, if that sounds like it's something up your alley, uh, May 11th would be the date to pursue uh, that product. Please. Um, Morgan, uh, the production company uh, Morgan Creek uh, is doing a lot of business uh, revolving, uh, reviving many of their properties uh, that they own. Uh, some of these things uh, include an upcoming Amazon series, uh, Dead Ringers, uh, based on the film Dead Ringers. Uh, there's also going to be uh, a new Exorcist film that David ah. Green is going to be directing. Um, but what? Not, not, now, not, not Rob Zombie? Not Rob Zombie. <laughs> no. Not Rob Zombie. But uh, they are uh, working, uh, Morgan Creek is working with William Morrow and Three Arts Entertainment, and there's no release date for this yet, uh, but they are going to have a young adult sequel novel uh, to their 1995 thriller film, The Crush, uh, which starred Alicia Silverstone and Carrie Elways. Uh, so young so adult uh, novel, a sequel so hot. Uh, in the film, in the form <laughs> of a young adult novel, and yes, so uh, hot. definitely so. The crush, I know, ridiculous, <laughs> really ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Get a hold of yourself, cool. <laughs> I think the cool did just get a hold of himself. Perhaps. <laughs> Perhaps. Just walking. <laughs> uh, it was her at like the, uh, I don't know. Uh, that, that was like a, a pinnacle, I think, for her. She, uh, oh, without question. Uh, <laughs> that's just me being me. That the Aerosmith videos? <laughs> no, the Aerosmith videos, Clueless and Crush, because after that, it was all over. She was in some movie with uh, Brendan Fraser where they were like stuck in a basement or something, and like that was it. That was the end. Like it was never the same ever again after any of that stuff. It was like it was a very a short window, but it was like a blast. It was a meteoric blast from the past. A, yeah, blast from blast the past. From the Thank past. you. Thank you. It, it wasn't a terrible movie, but nor was it great, and it was kind of a no. It wasn't a hit. Yeah, it was kind of, and that was like was maybe the last kind of big of thing she was in. The mummy. Oh, I mean, but um, but what, yeah. but what I'm saying is that like she, you know, aside from that though, Brendan Fraser had a had a much more like wider and varied career. She had a very short meteoric window. Um, that ended, you know, like almost as fast as it arrived. She so. was Batgirl, bro. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. I don't it's even. Unfortunate. I, I, what does that mean? In, ba- in Batman and Robin, dude, she played Batgirl. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but like, I, I'm not saying that she was never in another film, but she never reached like the heights of popularity as she did. That's what I'm talking about. Like, yeah, she's worked. She has credits to her name. But, like, that wasn't like, oh, Alicia Silverstone in Batman and Robin. Like, 
the crush and Actually, Clueless, no, we all like kinda, was, she was Alicia supposed to get Silverstone over the title. Yeah. It just didn't happen. Yeah, and I actually said it was Silverstone. Wow, that girl. <laughs> so I was one of those two guys that went for that. Wasn't there for Chris well, O'Donnell. I, so yeah, I know her. Like For me, anyway, Like the, the, the two most recent things that I, I remember seeing her in were uh, she was in the Diary of a Wimpy Kid, one of them. I don't know if it was the sequel, the reboot, whichever one, but she she's the mom in that series now. You know, so like right. that, that's the point wow. that she hit. And the other thing that she was in is Valley Girl. And in the, the remake, reboot of that, or, uh, sequel, I don't know what you would call it. Uh, we enjoy the shit out of it. But she actually plays the mom character in that movie as well, in which she's talking about her time back in the 80s, which is recounting the story and everything. So she's kind of hit that, uh, she's like at that, that I'm kind of a MILF type of thing, but I don't know. Like I said, uh, I liked her back in the day, man. She's she's a fine enough. Yeah, actress, yeah, absolutely. And look, I'm, I'm scrolling that. right now. She has she has an extensive extensive filmography here. Um, lots and lots of credits, but lots of stuff that I've I've truly like never heard of. Um, I think I, she did a bunch of voice work too. She there there is voice work here. There's definitely voice work for sure. Uh, but she has been in a lot of stuff, TV appearances, uh, movies I've never heard of, lots of voice work. I'm not saying that uh, that she hasn't had a, a lovely, successful career. I'm just saying, like that, like cultural popularity. Uh, you know, like that it girl moment for her was just a kind of a short moment of uh, you know of being like the it girl. Uh, that's kind of what I meant, you know, like I, oh, that? That was another one, the babysitter. That was another the babysitter. One. I don't know if I know that one. The, oh, that came like shortly after the crush, dude. That might've been like two, two years after or something like that. That was right in that. I'm looking at, window. I just look it up man. that, that cover though, man. She looks good on the fucking cover of that one, man. Wow. <laughs> it's, again, it's yeah. similar to the crush. So yes, yes, indeed. <laughs> No, it was J.T. Walsh before that guy kicked it. Somebody's Jeremy London. Jeremy London. Jeremy London's in that, yep. Yes, he is. Yeah, Jeremy London, J.T. Walsh, um, Nikki Cat. George Eagle. I I would definitely recommend you find that one to check it out, man. It's a good time. All right, I'll, I'll take a peek. A teenage babysitter is the focus of two boys in a man's separate obsession. <laughs> All right. I'll have to take a look. I'll have to take a look. I'll have to maybe find a trailer or something. I'm trying to, I'm trying to see if this rings any bells, and it, it kind of doesn't, but maybe if I saw a, a trailer. Storyline. A teenage girl babysits two young kids while the parents go out to a party. Her boyfriend is coerced with the help of alcohol by an old friend into going to the house. Both boys are obsessed with the babysitter as the father of the two children. The story basically shows the effects drink has on different people. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta I gotta take I gotta find this one man. Alright. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, uh I just wanna say really quickly, 
Uh, last week, I talked about how I talked about how uh, Ryan Murphy uh, in the world of American Horror Story had put out like a poll uh, with six different possible topics for future American Horror Story uh, themes, and uh, he has announced that it has been narrowed down to two of those choices. Uh, right now, uh, the two choices uh, that are uh, up there to be voted on were the Bloody Mary theme and the Plague theme. Uh, and he's asking his followers to vote on uh, which of those they would prefer to see as a possible future theme for American Horror Story. So as that saga continues, um, I will continue to keep uh, you all posted. I did also want to let you know uh, that later, later this year on the Sci-Fi Network, uh, you will have the opportunity, uh, you know, from our friends over at Shout Studios to see the remake of the 1982 film Slumber Party Massacre. Uh, It's going to debut again on Sci-Fi later this year. It's already wrapped. Uh, And it's going to be a reimagining of the original film. It's going to be set against the backdrop of a girls' basketball team sleepover and a killer who is knocking them off one by one. So if you are a fan of the world of the Slumber Party Massacre, uh, there's going to be a fresh update for your viewing pleasure. That could be fun. Yeah, must be <laughs> From the first one, Michael Valella. We got to meet him in person. Awesome yeah, nice, nice, nice guy. Like, super, super fucking nice <laughs> when we met him. And, like, gave us all the time in the world to talk to him. It was so cool. <laughs> and he wanted to take the drill bit and take pictures with us. Like, you know, slamming into our chest. I'm like, dude, yes. That's what I want. And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Make the drill bit. Make it work. And he's like, yeah, any way you want it. All right. <laughs> Got the phone hanging up in my living room. <laughs> that he signed. I was complaining. But, uh, yeah, Dean, you had said that it's, for the Ryan Murphy show, it's between Bloody Mary and the Plague. Uh, this morning, it was between yes. Bloody Mary and so Bloody Mary and what? Get in there. Bloody Mary and Siren. Well, it wasn't the Plague. No, I here. I, I mean, I'll I'll link the article to our group. I saw imagery from Ryan Murphy's uh, Ryan Murphy's Twitter account side by side. Uh, Bloody Mary and, and the Plague. Because I uploaded an article this morning on Talking Terror where Ryan Murphy had said it was down to Bloody Mary and Siren. So I guess it changed, you know, within a couple hours. All right, let's, let's, uh, let's, let's see what I can, uh, let's see what I can find here. You're right. Look, his thing here says, uh, you know what? Uh, I, I, there's two different tweets from him. There's one, uh, from a couple of days ago that says, this is it, your last chance, the final two, AHS Bloody Mary, AHS the plague. And then, uh, Oh, it's because you demanded it, a recount, and the, apparently there was a recount, and now it was Bloody Mary and <laughs> Sirens. Uh, so apparently you can't have any kind of vote these days without the results being thrown into turmoil and a recount being demanded because everybody's stealing elections out there. <laughs> well, yeah, so, so yeah, so first one down between Sirens and Bloody Mary, Plague. There's going to be an investigation. Plague's not very happy. You know, this whole campaign is going to smear campaign against Plague. <laughs> Seriously. Everybody That's knows that. Everyone's saying it. Everybody knows Plague is the best Plague. There's nobody else like the Plague. Demand a recap. Now, 
So, so all right. So, so, so there we have it. A recount uh, was demanded. Um, in news that is going to make our very own monkey very excited uh, because of the smashing mm. global success of the uh, battle film Godzilla versus King Kong. You. It seems Monkey's that the Godzilla, the Godzilla yeah. King Kong monsterverse may continue uh, based on the success of, of the current film. Is. They have a number of ideas for new movies. They say the audience came to see these monsters getting at it, and this film gave the audience what they wanted, and they're seeing the results of that, and now there will be more in the monsterverse. So I know this is just song and dancing music to the monkey's ears, and I, w- I was so excited to share this item on the program this evening. I mean, of I course it is. It's like, but, yeah, it's like because I think uh, the king put an article on the Talking Care Facebook page where it's like, you know, it's like at 300 million or something like that in the box office right now, King? Yeah. Mm-hmm. something. Yeah, 358 million worldwide so far. So, yeah, of course they're not going to stop. You know, they're going to be like, okay, we made our trilogy, we're done. With that much, with and people gonna, actually paying that much money, of course they're going to keep this thing going, pandemic. man. Yeah. Big money in a pandemic, it's probably way more oh, if it wasn't a pandemic. Well, a lot of that money was made overseas in China. Um, you know, I know it's it's been successful here in the States, don't get me wrong. Um, but I know a lot of the uh, the box office that they're that they're rating this on right now is is from overseas money. Oh, okay. I think the the majority of people here in the states have watched the movie, you know, on, on HBO Max, and uh, you know. But I do know it did, did get butts in seats, so and that that is what they uh, what they wanted. The first movie to really get that going. So. Butts. They wanted butts. Butts in seats. Yeah, and like I said, it's just more proof that it's the best Godzilla movie ever made. Plain and simple. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, shit. Sorry. Someone's there. Uh, the monkey just had a fucking coronary. <laughs> I don't know why. This, 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 this is my character motivation. <laughs> fantastic, yeah. fantastic fights that you can see. Um, you know, a, a, a very streamlined, nonsensical, you know, plot. It was uh, it was a good time. Yeah, I had fun with it. But I think Mikey said about this. This is Dawn of the Dead now. <laughs> I think Monkey truly loved it. it. He just doesn't want to admit it. <laughs> There's always one of those in the crowd. I was just frustrated with it, but at the, but at the same time, like I, again, I was just really, really happy though that people who made this movie made the fight scenes really, really fucking well lit. They were like, okay, we heard you. We're going to give you fucking clear fight scenes. You know, and on top of that, we're going to sit there and put it in a city full of neon so you don't miss a single fucking thing. You're going to see every fucking detail in this fucking fight. All the fights, you're going to see all of it. No shadows anywhere. Everything's going to be fucking lit up like fucking Vegas. Don't worry. You're going to see it all this time. That Neon City, I'll be honest with you, you know what it did give me hope for? It gave me hope that, you know, maybe we can get a decent Akira film with, like, a real Neo Tokyo and, and all of that, you know, because it really wasn't terrible. 
Um, the trailer's oh, really kind of scared awesome. me with the way that's. I would love it, but I mean that I feel like is just it's it's just it's going to be too hard to get believable characters to fulfill the roles that are within that, and it's I don't know. Yeah, image wise, it can be nailed now, but the problem is, like you said, finding the right actors for the roles, but then also having to translate what Akira is into an idea that everyone can understand. Kaneda's got to be Kaneda. Yeah, yeah. Because we need Agreed. screaming scenes right. of Kaneda Tatsuo! <laughs> I watched it recently. Yeah. So, you know, so, sometimes that movie is kind of silly. <laughs> yeah, but the animation in it's so fucking beautiful. It really is. And then when you it's then when you sit fun, there and yeah. cut, cut, and when you couple that with being able to see it in a movie theater, the, just the sound that they have for that and the way you know it's able to pipe through the right speakers at the right time and it slams you with the right shit. It's is you know it's just really a, a fucking experience to see in movie theaters. Agreed. Agreed, agreed, agreed. All right. All right. Anything else before we cl- anything else before we close out? Uh yeah. Uh so Kevin Smith, uh it's long been known that he has this horror anthology, uh Kilroy was here. Uh he has announced that he's going to be uh selling this film uh as an NFT, which apparently stands for non-fungible token and it seems that whoever buys this film uh, will own it to do with as they please uh, to make money off of it uh, to exhibit it to screen it to distribute it uh, to do whatever uh, they so please that uh, Kevin Smith will keep no rights uh, to, to this Kilroy was here there was a whole bunch of other like tech up about blockchains and cryptocurrency shit that I don't care about and don't really understand. Uh, so I didn't add that stuff to my notes. Uh, but I don't know. It just sounds like just, you know, Kevin Smith is uh, some people thought that he was going to go like the roadshow route, uh, like he did with the previous uh, silent uh, Jane silent Bob film uh, and, and they'll screen it all over the place. Uh, and then, and until it was time to sell it to streaming or something, uh, but it's go- he's going this different technological uh, way here, and he has a whole bunch of other like licensing, uh, crypto licensing stuff involving Jay and Silent Bob and other merch based on his in based on his his properties. So um, you know, there's some news on on that. Uh, Kilroy was here, uh, Jay and Silent Bob horror anthology film, not Jay and Silent Bob, just uh, Kevin Smith horror anthology film. Uh, Kilroy was here. Indeed. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's it's all the rage right now. You know, every, everybody's trying to to jump on this thing, and essentially, it's just it's, you know, it's a locked digital medium in which you know you have the ability, like like it's saying, you can do whatever it is that you please with it. But it, it is it is one hundred percent yours. You're the only one that would have access to it. And uh, yeah, if you choose to put it out there for all the world to see for free. Then whatever you paid for it is what you what you you paid for it, and that that's what you did. Or if 
Like I said, if you want to sell it, sell it. Make money off of it. I don't know. Again, it's uh, there's too many variations of it right now out there for me to to really sit down and try to figure out what's what's good and what's not. So I don't bother. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything All right, else? Uh, one last thing I want to touch on very quickly: uh, Elvira, the Mistress of the Dark. Uh, apparently, there was a uh, classic Elvira comic series back in uh, the 1990s. And this uh, classic comic series has been compiled and it's going to be re-released as a uh, graphic novel from Dynamite Entertainment, uh, both a paperback and uh, hardcover version. Uh, This Elvira comic uh, graphic novel is going to span uh, 26 issues of the comic and it's going to come in at a whopping uh, 600 plus pages. Um, it's going to be called uh, The New Elvira Fear of the Dark uh, Classic Years Omnibus Volume 1. Uh, so if you are interested in uh, the Elvira Queen of the Dark comic from the 90s, you will now have a chance to have all of that material in one uh, tidy place uh, in the near future. Big Queens. Right. I know some of you like comics, so I wanted to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. We do, and I like Elvira a, a little bit. <laughs> you like her boobies. Have it. Is that it, Dean? Yeah, that's it, King. All right, there, Dean. So we're going to kick it over to the Mad Monkey. All right, there, King. All right, there, Dean. All right. Nice to bet Austin play 13, directed by Joe Lynch. Let's to and do this thing. <laughs> All right. Welcome to the realm of Evermore, a forgotten mystical world full of magic and wonder, where humans, elves, and fairies coexist in harmony. That was until the realm was split into two rival kingdoms that wanted to rule all of Evermore for themselves. So listen in as we follow Joe the Metalhead on his reluctant quest to get over his cunt bitch of an ex-girlfriend. There he will meet Eric the Enchanter, Gwyn the Smoking Hot, Gunther the Barbarian, and Hung the Um. Together they will be the Knights of Badassum. So... I picked this movie because I thought it would be a fun, silly stoner movie pick since Full 20's right around the corner. And you know me, I love the nerd culture and love the movies that get what it is to be in that culture. So, you know, movies like Fanboys, for example. So every time I see this movie, I have a great time with it. It's fun. It's silly. It has some fun, goofy, groovy, gory special effects. That being said, though, I think this movie could have been a lot better if they had taken all those things I just said, and just push it all further. Because I wanted more of everything. I wanted more raunchy comedy. I wanted more pot jokes. I wanted more gore. And I definitely wanted more fucking Dinklage in this movie. And that's what I think of this movie. (laughs) Gentlemen? Go, what do you think about Nights of Badass? Hmm. That bad. (laughs) You know, this... (laughs) In fear, you know what? This is one of those movies that, like, I would see come up on my Xbox, and I'd be like, 
oh, that sounds interesting. But then I'd watch a trailer and be like, eh, maybe not so much. And I would avoid it. And then I'd catch it on like a streaming service and be like, oh, maybe I'll watch it. And again, eh, maybe I'll avoid it. Um, <laughs> so so fi- finally you locked me down where I had no choice but to watch the movie. Um yeah, I, yeah, thank you for explaining. I really had no idea that 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 you did this as a 420 film. Um, you know, for for a large portion of this movie, I sat there wondering to myself, man, like even the ghoul girl was like, "What the fuck is wrong with the monkey? It's not even a horror movie." Um, and yeah, I know, I know, we've covered off-topic horror and stuff that that really isn't horror at all. Um, you know, obviously, when the when the gore kicks in on this film. It gets fun. I just feel like this movie with the cast that they have and the premise before us could have been so much better. This had so much potential to actually be a good, solid, funny horror comedy. And I feel like it just fell flat in a lot of, lot of places and got boring real, real quick. Um, but, you know, aside from that, I'm, I'm glad I finally saw it. I, I watched it on Tubi, so obviously I, I took your advice. I didn't buy it, spend any extra money on the digital un- uncut edition or anything like that, nor will I. So it, it was that, What was on it. Tubi was the uncut version, just so you know. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. So I, I've seen it all. Yep, you have. <laughs> You've seen it all. So, Dean, did you see it all? <laughs> I saw it all. And I have to say, uh, one, I had never heard of this film before. Um, it's not something I had, you know, seen and avoided or whatever, uh, like the ghouls. I just, I had never even heard of it. Now, uh, with that being said, and granted, there are a million movies that I watch that feature topics that are outside the realm of my interest, but like the live action role-playing slash medieval fair type shit is like of legitimate, uh, legitimately uh, zero interest to me. But I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to watch this. Like maybe there is some, uh, you know, satire of that world in there uh, that will be funny and uh, we'll see what happens uh, as it unfolds. One, uh, this movie clocking in at an hour and 25 minutes I felt this movie felt like it was two hours and ten minutes long. I felt that this movie felt like it was so much longer than it actually was. Uh, I, I looked at the clock before, like, the first true punch of gore. It, it took, like, 37 minutes for this film to get going, and it just, it just felt so long to me. Um, I, I, I was not a big fan of this film. Uh, I did want more. I wanted more gore. Like, I appreciate some of the splash and splatter, and, you know, I feel like most of the times that they went to show, like, some innards or something, it was like a kind of a longer shot of it splashing down onto the ground uh, with not any good close-up views. But since they were going all out with guts and splatter, I would have liked to have seen more. Um, yeah, I just, I was not down with, with Knights of Bad Astem. I, I, I didn't, I, I was not a huge fan. Um, but it did have Lisa P., um, so that was okay, too. Ooh. All right, gang. <laughs> Lisa P. Oh, everybody knows Lisa everybody. P. Everybody wants to go out with Lisa P. Who's Lisa P? <laughs> uh, nobody saw Adventureland. 
I did. Yeah, I, I don't remember it. Did we just that? Anyway, that was where the Satellite of Love reference was from, uh, Monkey, uh, because that, was, that song was featured throughout that film as well. Oh, yeah, well, okay. Forgettable. <laughs> yeah. Lisa but now, so far, has been like, well, I want more. I want more gore. I want more of this. I want more of that. Well, yeah, Joe Lynch wanted that, too, as the director of the film, because when he released his cut, his cut got butchered by IndieFest, and they released it. So there is no uncut version. I know Monkey, you're like, oh, the uncut version of Tubi. It's not. Because that's only an hour and sort of it's not his official true cut. It's a, his true cut has never been released. Where he had a lot more violence, he had a lot more gore, he had a lot more nudity, a lot more metal, and they just felt like it didn't fit in the movie, that's so they cut it all out. And so he wanted metal. just more of everything. They cut it all out. So there has been no such true cut. Back in 2013, there was the Snyderverse type of controversy with release the Lynch cut. Uh, but there's never been a cut of in its truest form. So Pluto, Tubi, wherever you watch it, it's the cut version. Um, but I still enjoy it. I still really do like this movie. That's because it's a movie that you could put on and you don't really got to pay a whole lot of attention to. It just kind of plays out. You watch for the violence. You know, Peter Dinklage is amazing, you know, in his role as Hung, just because he's playing Peter Dinklage, having a good time. It's like a parody of his character from Game of Thrones. Where it's just having a great time playing with swords and eating a lot of mushrooms and just no showing up. The imp, the imp drinks and knows things, okay? Peter Dinklage <laughs> in this film was it was wasted, you know, because I know Peter Dinklage is a fantastic actor and he can have a lot of fun and he can be a lot of fun. And yeah, there's like hints of that fun in this film, but no, this was like this had to have been like, hey, you know what? This is what we're going to do with you. You're popular in Game of Thrones right now. We're going to pay you a lot of money just be in this movie, please. Well, he was an executive producer of this movie. Oh, there you go. See? I don't know if Peter Dinklage no. was spoofing his Game of Thrones character because uh, I just did some quick looking here and... Uh, Knights he of Badassdom was filmed in July of 2000. No, but what I'm saying is, is that Knights of Badassdom was filmed over a year and a half before Game of Thrones came on TV. So uh, it's not like, oh, Peter, look at Peter Dinklage being his Game of Thrones character. Like, this was before that. Guys, it's called making a reference that the audience would understand if listening to the podcast right now. Maybe they're not keen on what years things came out, but they might know Game of Thrones. Be like, hey, yeah, they're talking about the guy from Game of Thrones. Hey guys, I'm talking to you out there. It's kind of a parody of that character, you know. It came out before the actual show came out. For those of you keeping track on IMDb, it's just a reference, and I'm making it because also set in the medieval wonder world of Evermore. So there we have it. So yeah, I'm not you know looking at IMDb years. I'm just saying that's you know the vibe that you would get when you watch it now. I mean that's like you saying, oh man, Ryan Fontaine's in this movie. He's like that guy from True Blood. Yeah, no, he's playing a different character, you know, even though he is kind of one note. I mean, he is funny as Joe, you know, kind of being thrown into this world with played by Steve Zahn, who is another great comedic actor. And I thought added a lot to this movie as that, you know, guy trying to elevate his game, but always being turned down by Ronnie Kwok, you know, played by Jimmy Simpson, who's also fantastic. And who is, see, and him. He is who I needed more of in this movie. Because, see, Jimmy Simpson, I'm a huge fan of. I first caught him as Scud in a movie called Debs. And, you know, his role in that movie alone had me fucking dying. 
because he really just plays these these awkwardly nerdy, smart, smarmy, douchey yet awkward characters so hysterically that like anytime I ever see the guy, I always want more of him in whatever it is that I'm seeing him in. Um, so yeah, I could have used a lot more of that character. Ronnie was uh, was a lot of fun. I could use more of him than Steve Zahn, that's for sure. Because I've seen Steve Zahn play this character a thousand times over. (laughs) Well, it's because you can't have Jimmy Simpson and Steve Zahn in the same movie playing opposite each other. Because it's just, you know, Jimmy Simpson obviously is the better actor. You know, if there was a different actor playing Ronnie Clock, I think it would probably be better. But, yeah, Jimmy Simpson is the funnier of the two. You know, when he's getting his battle plan together, and he's like, you know, this is the map you drew? Yeah, my nephew drew this drew even better. He's got a learning disability. How he's telling his guys to go get the dragon, and he's like, Dragon Rider! Just don't fuck with Mario. <laughs> it shows how obnoxious these LARPers, and that's what I had the most fun with, because I think I've met a lot of LARPers in my time, they're just kind of obnoxious about it. It's like, you know, it's not medieval times, right? Like, you know, whilst thou needest, I'm like, that's not how people, you know, and they kind of had that humor in this movie where it's like, yeah, it's kind of stupid. Think about it. But these people really get into it. And they take it seriously. And that's what they're all about. So it kind of gave it to you both ways where it's like, yeah, you can see how fucking dumb this is. But then on the other hand, you can see why these people find it cool because it gets them outside and doing things and meeting people and having adventures. You know, maybe that's the thing, though, that I felt like the movie didn't do right. See, like, I, I, and again, obviously, you take a movie like Grandma's Boy, right? Now, that film mm-hmm. took yeah. gamer and nerd culture, turned it into a comedy, mm-hmm. but it made so many references that, you know, you could get as either a nerd or somebody that, you know was just a gamer or somebody that didn't get into any of that. And they would still find certain parts and portions of that film funny. I feel Mm. like this movie, like I don't feel like it parried parodied LARP culture enough to make it funny as somebody like me who like, listen, like I've played D and D before. Um, you know, I wouldn't say I was ever a hardcore D and Der, but you know, like I, I've definitely got into some some major sessions over time, and you know, I, uh, I I'm always one of those where I can't fully embrace getting into like a, a like I've watched a friend and a buddy, you know, while we were all fucking high out of our minds. I watched the two of them literally carry on like a 35 minute conversation as their characters, and the whole time I'm sitting there like in my really? head thinking to myself. Basically, that's what I'm sitting there thinking. You know what I mean? Like, I'm hanging out, and, like, I kind of just want to talk about, like, regular stuff. And these fuckers are, like, busy arguing over, like, which one's, you know, fake fictional Elvis sister fucking blew somebody in the trees six pounds over when I wasn't even a part of the campaign, you know? And, again, I was fucking stoned out of my gourd, so it was like I was really not fucking digging it at the time. Um but, like, LARPing to me is, like, a whole nother level, man. Like, I've been to Renaissance fairs, and I can appreciate some of the stuff that those people do. But, like, the LARPing thing, I just, I can't, I can't. I can't. And that's the thing. Like, I needed this to be more parody towards that for me to really like this movie. 
Well, see, because on the flip side, I've done the D&D sessions, but I would sit there and go full bore. I would go full character, you know, constantly drinking the entire time because my character was a, a, a dr- drunken bard halfling. So I was in full-on character mode the entire time while I'm playing shit like that. There is no, you know, out-of-game moments or anything like that. You know, so because if you're going to do D&D, it's like you might as well do it and go all in and be the character. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, so I was a you're there. Portal. You're... <laughs> so, just, okay, so think about it that way. I literally, every time I had to speak, I had to speak slow and with a terrible stutter. Yeah, that wouldn't work out for you. <laughs> no, it worked fine for me whenever I had to engage, but, you know, just, I don't know, again, the, the whole idea of it going in that, it just, it, it wasn't for me. I enjoy the, the adventure and the fun and the fighting aspect. I don't enjoy the, hey, we're going to be fucking walking around a building for five hours doing nothing and then dying in five minutes. Okay, but then if you sit there and want to find out more about LARPing and shit like that and want to watch a fun documentary where it's supposed to be serious, but they do, it just makes it look fucking shitty as hell, is a um, documentary called Darkon, D-A-R-K-O-N. It's about an actual LARPing community in D.C. and just all the shit that they go through. And it's supposed to be a serious documentary, but then it just shows just how sad <laughs> some of their lives are <laughs> when it comes to LARPing and just the, the battles and what's going on. But yeah, it's just because we get into the incident here of Joe, he has a shitty ass girlfriend that just, you know, broke his, <laughs> broke up with his ass because, you know, he's all about the metal, you know, so <laughs> so while he's, while he's working on, you know, these smoking hot cars in the garages and shit like that, you know, he just wants to, you know, do his fucking doom metal. But things don't go well. She breaks up. And unfortunately, that leads to him on the, you know, on the edge right there where he's doing a power ballad. But no, his friends know better. So they got to sit there and fix this shit by doing what? Getting his ass fucking stoned and drunk. And it's just, it was funny because when they're doing the whole scene about explaining the whole thing about the pot, the diva starts going off about this fucking you know, particular kind of pot. And she's like, yeah, it's right. Because well, that's it was a this is that. Yeah. But she's it's, like, it's literally <laughs> like a, it's a throwaway line though. It's a sativa. It brings you up without knocking you out. But I mean, yeah, you know, no. come on. <laughs> but then the diva starts going on about all this shit. I was like, look, it's just a line. Leave it the fuck alone. I don't need to know all the history of this <laughs> fucking shit. <laughs> But, no, but, they out. but again, though, that just leans towards some of the problems with this movie. The movie itself never wants to fully embrace any of the culture it's trying to paint. Like, this is the only time we're going to see pot smoking in the film. We're literally going to see Peter Dinklage dump the, like, the, the last bits of mushrooms into his mouth, which realistically you don't know that they're mushrooms unless either A – you're somebody like me or the, the dean who have never really done mushrooms, but theoretically we have dumped bags like that into our mouths before. No, never. Um, never. Absolutely <laughs> not. But, but we have LARPed them before. Um, 
Yes. But, you know, like, it, but there was like a passing line a few minutes later of like Dinklage finally mentioning like that they were actually mushrooms. So like when he first was dumping them in his mouth, I honestly thought they were fucking Cheetos or something. Then I was like, oh, wait a minute. You know what? He probably just took mushrooms. <laughs> but again, like this. I have a whole bag of mushrooms, and then the next thing you see him downing them. What are you talking about? Again, that goes to show my attention span with this movie, because I don't remember <laughs> saying anything about him prior to eating them. And you probably missed that it was Larry Turner, a.k.a. Shelley from Friday 3, playing their boss in the garage. No, I did see that. I did see that. <laughs> yeah, you watched that. You know, Larry Turner, but, you know... It, yeah, it's so the whole fact that they're inviting him out to do this thing to kind of cheer him up, and in a way, it does because it gets him to not think about Beth anymore. Uh, but of course, to get into that game, you have to use a grimoire to get his warrior into that game, which is, of course leads to the succubus coming, which takes the form of Beth, and that's the the kind of fun part of this movie where you get to see her tearing people apart. Uh, but you also get to introduce to Gwen, played by Summer Glau, one of the Terminators from the Terminator TV show. There's no time I'm ever going to see Summer Glau and not say that's River Song, man, because that is the only yep. character I ever know her as, man. <laughs> and you know what? I, I love her. And I know she was the Terminator in the, uh, the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Um, she was fine in that. And, you know, I've, I've seen her in other things. But, again, for me, that's uh, that's always my, my, my girl. Yep, Firefly. But <laughs> <laughs> it was just seeing that Beth was the succubus because they had the picture together that Joe took with him from their prom that uh, Hung decides that he wants to eat just so he gets it over. I'm like, you can't have this and now it's mine. But when he and the succubus takes it out of his back, like, he actually ate it and just didn't even digest yet. It's just, just sitting in his stomach, you know, when he gets pulled out. Yep, because he, he's just trying to help Joe get over it. But he's also, you know, got some assistance here because of Gwen the Hot with a plus three ass. You know, is a nice distraction right now. <laughs> yeah, she's got three points of ass distraction, you know. That's all you're <laughs> going to give me, three points. It's like, I don't know. I mean, that was kind of the main problem I had, and it was such a minor problem, is just the fact that she's automatically turned on to Joe as soon as she sees him. Like, it's that typical kind of, we have 90 minutes to tell a story, and we're going to invite a hot girl into our movie, so she automatically has to be attracted to the weed. Like, there could be no, well, like, maybe I'm attracted. Well, let's yeah, also be realistic here, too, because, no, Joe was, quote-unquote, better looking than your average LARPer as well. So you kind of have that mm-hmm. whole trade-off in which, you know, she's typically surrounded by people like Ronnie, who are constantly trying to stick their foam swords up her fucking wazoo. And here you have Joe, who actually has a full working fucking penis and, you know, a non-sticky magazine. But couldn't or, she just or, be there or, to have... Or, 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 or Monster Manual. <laughs> well, yes, or Monster Manual. I mean, this, this is, again, this is like one of the things, like, I felt like with the movie... Like, I feel like, again, all the people that they picked, they, like, strategically were like, okay, she's known in nerd culture, so we're going to use Summer Glau. You know, we're gonna, like, oh, I was waiting for Felicia Day to show up. You know, where was Will Wheaton? Like, you know what I mean? Like, if you were going to do it, 
like, I, this movie needed to be entrenched with the people that, like, I know from nerd culture that are still to this day doing role-playing games and RPGs and board game shows and things like that, podcasts and stuff like that. Now, again, I know this was started in 2010, but, you know, the guild was fucking fully running at this point, so I know Felicia Day was That a was thing. a good show. Um, that was fucking Guilds was so hysterical. Hysterical. <laughs> um, there were some funny, funny, funny fucking moments in that show. Uh, but, but, again, like, I feel like they just, they picked and choose chose, really, choose, Keith? Wow. Uh, they picked and chose, <laughs> like, specific people because they filled a quota that they were trying to get to. And, like, I feel like Summer Glau in this movie, she was very wooden in, in a lot of her scenes. So, you know, and uh, I don't know, maybe it was also because I just felt like, again, that's, I know that's River Song, that's, that is who she is. She'll always have a place in my heart as that character. But, dude, Beth was so fucking hot so hot like all i ever wanted was for the fucking movie just to go back to that character and just show me more show me more give me more succubus please i have the opposite i just didn't like her something very manly about those features that i just couldn't get the you know i'm okay you know there's nothing about her where i'm like yeah that's attractive not that summer cloud is that much better some of the summer cloud fans but for uh, the succubus to be that she was, I was glad that she's just going around murdering people. Well, they were all you too know, young for her. you anyway. You like to bang grandmas. <laughs> I, just, I, like I like those AARP cards. Get them senior discounts. I like. <laughs> he likes the older ones because then he doesn't have to buy them coffee because they get free coffee with their senior discount. <laughs> they do. Just normally yeah, they're dead before he's finished. <laughs> and they like to go to bed at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Me too. And who doesn't like to get a good night's rest? I mean, it's like, hey man, the sun might be still out, but I am in bed. I, mean, I like get comfortable. You know? I like to watch Quincy and Matlock. I mean, I like those shows. I think we have something to talk about. Do you think Matlock's going to do this? I don't know. It's all the crime. Sicily, 19- <laughs> 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19- 19
start to get introduced the, into the Gunther what? And that's like the thing, you know what I mean? Like that's something that they could have played with. You could have taken Peter Dinklage sitting there talking about Beth as if she's actually out there, which we know she is, but nobody's going to believe him that she is. Everybody's going to think he's talking about it because he's fucking tripping balls. But, you know, we know that he's not that well, we know that he's tripping balls, but you know, we know that he knows for a fact that she is that, but he only knows it because he's tripping. Um, it, it felt like it was like a wasted opportunity to really play on that a little bit. And, but instead what we get is, is a slightly funny sequence. And then, yeah, we get bye bye Peter Dinklage until the end of the film. Yeah. yeah um, but, but then, you know, we start to get into the whole, now Gunther is <laughs> realizing that real shit's going on and he's going to go fight the fucking demons. <laughs> You know, this is his fucking calling because Gunther, you know, has got got a, a screw loose and, you know, takes it's this in game real. all the time. Yeah, it's, it's like <laughs> he realized something was going on. He just never fucking steps out of the game, man. You know what? I kind of like Gunther. He was funny. I'm not going to lie. I, I found him to be quite humorous. Especially after the medieval times incident. That's <laughs> horrible. Hey, Wench. <laughs> well yeah he's he's always in game he's the simple jack you know of this whole thing where he just he doesn't really know how to get out of it um but yeah it's finding out that that book is what's causing all the evil which is what ronnie discovers and he's like sweet shit sweet shit did you actually read it but yeah i read a couple passages out of it god damn you're an idiot <laughs> never read <laughs> never do it and what'd you do to steal play well, yeah, we read a bunch of shit and scared it away. No, you didn't. You just turned it into something else, you asshole. <laughs> He's turned into something bigger and stronger now. Good job. <laughs> so great that, you know, you're supposed to be the sorcerer. You don't even know these words, but yeah. So now it's becoming something bigger, something more reptilian in the woods as the battle forevermore is about to be taking place, even though it's hours before it's supposed to be taking place. Like, oh, damn it. They're doing it a little bit early. So, yeah, it's like 3 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Why well, is this battle taking place? It's because we have the uh, insinuated gay couple that were supposed to be the storytellers, you know, that were working with the game master. They forgot to set their clock, so therefore they're like they thought they overslept, so they were like, "Fuck it, let's go ahead and start the battle now." And the battle evermore ensues in the middle of the night, <laughs> as we have two, two armies getting ready for battle. And a giant succubus coming into him because they think it's part of the game. <laughs> yeah, but during all this, we also have the sheriff and his boys coming back, the paintballers from the beginning of the movie that had caused you know the warpers some trouble. You know, thinking they're going to have a great time paintballing all these nerds. But meanwhile, yeah, here comes coming <laughs> <laughs> nerds. W. <laughs> um, but. You know, as the car being driven as a dragon is driving around, we have the succubus just tearing the shit out of people left and right. And I, I love these parts because it's Joe Lynch actually being able to show a little bit of the horror. You know, bodies being torn apart. It was a great final set piece. Yeah, I enjoyed it too, man. It just all the sprawl all over the place. You know, fun little effects, you know, body parts flailing left and right. It was cool. <clears throat> Excuse me. Paintball is coming around, and then our heroes come rushing to camp, and it's just all these bodies and body parts <laughs> laid all over the fields of Evermore. 
<laughs> well, it's that, I love that Ronnie runs in there like the battle of Evermore, and he's like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> Everybody's dead. <laughs> Bodies everywhere, and they still have a succubus to, to deal with. I mean, they have the grimoire, but you know we, they don't have the right pages. I love when Ronnie jumps into the truck and he's like, "What do you want from me? I drive a Prius." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. but then Again, like, doing all the, as we're doing all this, and then we have Gunther seeing the book, and, he, you know, somehow Gunther's like, oh, is it, oh, it's a Nokian. It's like, of all that fucking shit, you know, he fucking knows a Nokian. Of course he would, because he's in game. He's never out of game. So he's like the knight from Army of Darkness. He knows about the book. <laughs> you should read some of the pages of the book. <laughs> That's what I took him <laughs> the Knights of Sandor, you know, it's always about that. If it's the one that notices that the writing is on the one sheriff's face, they got his head cut off. That's the page. That, that's the thing that you need to destroy this fucking thing. That's the passage right written all over this guy's face. So then we get to the <laughs> in battle where it's like again, the book was destroyed because you know. <clears throat> the succubus was trying to breathe fire. You know, Eric was trying to use the book to block it to save our hero. But the book goes up in flames. All that's left is the amulet that was attached to the book, and they have no pages to read. Like you said, then Gunther gra- grabs the redneck's head that's been decapitated by the succubus. <laughs> He's like, "Here you go. I have your pages." You know, and it's just the the burnt images that he got from the beginning of the movie. There, so now they have to try and read from the face. So they can do what they can to take on the succubus. But it's it's not even. But it's the fact that Eric, after the book is destroyed and and Ronnie's yelling at him, he's like, "I'm getting kind of sick of saving you guys, you know. Like, you know, I just saved you, and what a fuck you want to help us, like, you know. But it's it's finding out, like you had said, but you know, the gem falling off the book. What else can you do but you know, sing a metal style song from uh, Joe, bring metal back into this thing. Yeah, Yeah. so then somehow his, you know, plus one dagger turns into a microphone so he can stand on the roof of a car (laughs) and and sing sing doom metal and try and send the succubus back to its dark realm. (laughs) Well, I would have done, I mean, because he uses that gem while he's blasting it in the chest and causing it some pain. So through the power of doom metal and that gem, He's going to destroy this yeah. circus once and for all. It was great because it's obviously not Ryan Quantain singing. It's actually Bear McCreary. He's done a lot of soundtracks and stuff like that. It's actually his singing You're from voice. The Walking Dead. Yeah, yeah, Bear McCreary. He did the uh, the singing voice and, and the music for this movie. But, uh, obviously, Ryan Quantain probably wasn't good enough to, to sing the, the doom metal, as it were. Cause, uh, I'm a fan of doom metal, but not this kind of doom metal. It's a little bit too slow and melodic for me, but... Uh, for like the 70s and 80s, like Candle Mass and Black Sabbath. And, uh, yeah, I was going to say Candle Lake. Mass. <laughs> None, I mean, that's can, can, Candle Mass, nothing but nerds playing D&D and singing about it. That's all fucking Candle Mass is. While they, sing, while they also sing about their fucking, you know, wizard posters in their bedroom and shit like that. <laughs> and their pure oh, dragon there figures. There was a time... There was a time on Jeopardy when Alex Trebek was interviewing the contestants after the commercial break and was talking to some woman who said that uh, she, but it was rapping. Uh, she would rap about that kind of stuff, not uh, not sing about D and you know, but rapping. 
And he goes, in other words, she said, me and my friends, we like to rap about this stuff. And he goes, in other words, you're losers. <laughs> wow. Oh, my God. <laughs> Man, that's a sick burn. By Damn, Alex. Damn, Alex doesn't even thought... like this D&D nerd. <laughs> what a burn. Yeah, never, I mean, <laughs> wow. that giving no fucks. I'm going to talk about uh, that new, like, I would expect that from, like, new host Aaron Rodgers, you know? Dr. Oz, who called one of the contestants an idiot because they didn't know what the answer was to the question. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, Alex Trebek is like the biggest nerd, so I don't think he would have any room to complain about anybody else, but <clears throat> I guess D&D is where he calls his line. But... <laughs> yeah, he, Whoa, yeah. She, she wasn't D&D, uh, right? She was rap. Yeah, she was, she was rapping about her stuff, so yeah. Well, I'll have to check out that YouTube clip later. Uh, but the hung is ultimately brought back in a spectral form, you know, with the glowing eyes, you know, back to bring it to the succubus and ultimately destroys it with his sword. So most metal thing you can think of is your dead friend coming back to life to destroy a succubus while doom metal plays in the background. I was like, that's like all my dreams coming true right there. Like the side of a fucking movie. Like the gate. <laughs> all is missing. <laughs> yeah. Just metal in the 80s, where it was all about fucking Satan and pentagrams and shit like that, and just flying dragons, all airbrushed inside of a van. <laughs> I always wanted one of those vans when I was a kid. I was like, I want to get that fucking van. But the wizard fucking spray painted on the side. Wizard! <laughs> I want to Don't forget the bubble windows. And the boomerang antenna on top of the van. Oh. So you watch TV yeah. in the van. <laughs> it's mandatory. And I'm just smelling nothing like, you know, just past the bourbon and weed. That's all that inside of that van smells like. Old cans of past. <laughs> it's the only way you can describe the smell. <laughs> I feel like it would smell like fucking sweat and dried cum. Yeah, it. There. <laughs> it stinks like sex in here. <laughs> candy in here. Thank you, Marcy Playground. But, um, so with that being said, and with the second of this being the show, we cut to six months later where Joe and Gwen are still together uh, in a doom metal band themselves and just having a good time with you know Eric achieving seventh-level sorcerer and Ronnie posthumously becoming the Game Master Extraordinaire. But they say that, you know, Hung's fight was legendary amongst the monster. Again, Bring back the vans. Bring back the spray painting. Why wasn't his face airbrushed in the side of a fucking van? Like, what you know, better way to your fallen friend hung, airbrush his face on the side of a van with glowing red eyes and being fucking mentally fucked. That would be the way to remember I mean, your The way this movie should have ended, especially being, you know, you had the book, you had a spell. I know the book got burnt up, but we also know that the book, you know, can't officially be destroyed. So it could have popped mm-hmm. up somewhere again at the end, and, you know, they could have did the whole, like, hey, cast a spell, fix everything, and bring our friends back type of deal, you know? And, yeah. and I would have been perfectly fine with, like, that kind of ending because that's what this movie felt like it would have ended with, you know? So I was yeah. kind of bummed that when everything was all said and done, everybody was still dead. Mind it. <laughs> like, hey, they died a warrior's <laughs> death. We've gone on to Valhalla to fight more D&D fights up in heaven. And then Valhalla, wherever they may land up. You know, Vando, whoever, you know, 
they're going to fight another day in the afterlife. But, no, I was happy with the way I did. I thought everything kind of fell into place. They give you a nice little epilogue and, you know, wrap it up. You know, it's ever going to be a nice badass in two, obviously, because Joe Lynch walked away from everything concerning that movie after he wrote his stuff was going to get made, but, you know, or released, rather. But, you know, I still have fun with it. It's, it's, this is the type of movie that I neglected to say at the top is that you need to watch it with a bunch of friends. You know, whether you smoke weed, whether you drink beer, whatever you do, it's a great group movie to watch because you can just make fun of it, you can riff on it, you can laugh at the silly stuff. You know, it's the type of movie that you can't watch seriously and note everything down. You just have to lay back and have a good time with it. I think that's where Night of Badass will work best in a group setting. Yeah, I can see that. Oh. <laughs> so, okay. all right. So, I'll have to go out and find but, some friends to watch it with. Yeah, you don't have any. We're not. Uh, <laughs> we're we're only podcast friends. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, absolutely. Um, so next week, Ghoul, it is your pick. What do you have for us? Well, you know, um, I was gonna, you know, like I said, I, I didn't realize that this was this was Monkey's stoner pick. Um, so not like it would have mattered anyway, because I, I kind of cemented my pick for for next week with uh, being that I am the day after 420. I figured I'll put my hand in the pot and give us a true stoner horror film in the pot. And I don't know. You said in the pot. See, look at that. Look at that. The fucking or they're flowing. Okay, so everything being up in smoke as it is, we're going to delve into the wonderful world evil bong series oh we're doing it but, okay but but no 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 come on i can't make it that easy we're not gonna go oh. with evil bong one because who needs fucking oh, you chronology yeah. who needs a storyline yeah, we're gonna start with evil bong 420 okay which i'm gonna guess is the fourth <laughs> film in the Evil Bong franchise. So on 421, we're going to cover Evil Bong 420. <laughs> <laughs> Compared to you, as fuck. Because you kind of have to watch these in continuity. But hey, it's all right. I'll fill you in along the way. <laughs> what you missed in the Because I have seen them all, and they're all available on Tubi. So you guys mm-hmm. can find them that way. So, yeah, I'll fulfill you in because there's there's a lot that you're going to be like, what the fuck? I'm like, yeah, I know. It doesn't get much better. But, yeah, we're, we're going to find out next week what you guys think about Evil Bond. I'm excited because you guys have never seen, like, you know, the insanity that these movies are. I know Google tried to get through the first one. He's like, what the fuck is this? So, yeah. Now you want to go Evil Bond 420. So get there. Mm-hmm. Oh, get there. yeah, no, I'm going to go there. <laughs> I love the, 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 the plot, the, pl- the premise of this film. It's fascinating. It is, isn't it? So the, a, man, yeah. a man's escape from Evil Bong's world of weed leads him to open a 420-friendly topless bowling alley, but his enemies have plans of their own. Topless. Yeah, that's... <laughs> topless. Please, let it be topless. Topless. <laughs> oh, shit, this film is. is only 53 minutes long. Wow. It is. It's a very short movie. I, 
if, if <laughs> it'll please you, I can throw it in so that we could do, you know, 420 and whatever the fifth film is. Do you want to cover two movies? Will that make you feel better? No. No. We'll make the end of the I think he was happy because he said 53 minutes. He's like, oh, boy, 53 minutes. <laughs> 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 Yeah, these movies are notoriously short and for good reason, but we're going to find out next week. All right, so thank you so much for joining us, Dean. We'll see you back here next week. Toke, toke, toke talk with Evil Bond Ford <laughs> Here we go. Dean. So exciting. Kind <laughs> of break out the paraphernalia uh, to, <laughs> to set the mood uh, for next evening's episode of Talking Terror. <laughs> I really dug it. Looking forward to chatting with you more on Friday about it. But uh, we'll see you back here next week. People bond four All right, man. I'm your Mad Monkey saying thanks for listening to tonight's episode and letting me come in your ear. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Well, kisses. All right. Uh-huh. He did because he's a nice woman kiss that Beautiful yeah. monkey. Yeah. Hey, well, well, the ghoul doesn't like you when I actually come in his ear, so <laughs> so I stopped doing the coming sound. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> mm. <laughs> right. mm. Why don't you give us a little bit of close pull as we should find tonight's episode? Well, again, unfortunately, uh, things are not yet back into production over at. The, the, the Google Girls shop. Uh, hopefully that will be back up and running soon enough. So I will just leave everybody with a uh, the old stand standby of stay scared. Plus six. Lightning bolt. Lightning bolt. Lightning bolt. <laughs> <laughs> and as always, I'm your old pal, the King R and G, saying thank you so much for listening to tonight's episode. Until next, we meet for Evil Bomb 420. Hail Satan, hail Odorous, hail yourselves, keep America strong, keep watching horror movies, and we'll see you back here next week. You bring the lighters, we'll bring the